Check out the Political Truth Apparel line. Covefe. Rhino hunting season. Secretary of Snakes. And more to come. Fun, fashionable, edgy, cational. Go to Mr. C Online Store at www.thecreport.com. Click on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776REBORN at checkout. Gentlemen, and welcome, 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 welcome to another edition of Lone Star News. I am your host, Mr. C, coming to you live on this Monday, October 10th, 2022. Happy Columbus Day, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who are off today, I uh, went out for a walk today. This is breaking news here, guys, on Lone Star News. I went out for a walk today, and I was like, why are there so many cars here in this parking lot? Normally, this place is empty. Well, I guess there are a lot of people who are off today for Columbus Day. Not that they will regard Columbus. I don't know. I guess, I guess they call it Indigenous Peoples Day in some places around this nation as well. Or I don't know, I guess someone in this nation decided to call it that day. But uh, Columbus Day, federal holiday. So uh, if you're having a day off today and you're joining me live, if you're joining us live here at Lone Star News, welcome, welcome, welcome. Time for your hour of Texas news and current events. I got some stories for you guys today. Had a great weekend, a nice restful weekend uh, off this weekend. So, uh, well... I'm sure we'll be swinging back at it next weekend here at Mr. CTV. But for today, Monday, welcome. Uh, if you're joining us over at Foxhole, Pilled, Odyssey, uh, Rumble, Trovo, Clout Hub, Twitch, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you might be around the nation or around the world. And uh, let's see, we had troubles with DLive. I don't know what's going on with that, but I don't think it's much of a loss, you know, uh, for DLive not to be functioning today, but it's all good. It's all good. Uh, got a few stories for you guys today and then a fun little exercise just to, you know, start the week off right. Uh, elections top of mind, of course. Uh, there was some election news that was coming out this weekend. Collin County. The much talked about Collin County. What was it? Tarrant County was the one that was very corrupt, right? 
Yeah, that's the one that had like Hader Garcia, the guy from um, Smartmatic in Venezuela running their elections. And then you had Deborah Peoples, who's run for every office. And well, it seems that uh, she's running some type of a ballot trafficking or ballot harvesting ring. But their uh, Republican sheriff doesn't want to do anything about it. That's Sheriff Weyburn up in Tarrant County. Yeah, that I think is where we closed. No, is that what we talked about on Friday? quite remember anyhow guys no i think that was wednesday's topic it was the uh it was the corrupt tarrant county but now uh, we'll be talking about collin county again i know i think we talked about collin county maybe on friday they're back in the news with texas guys i think i might have mentioned it to you all they actually well a lot of counties uh ran their um election voting machine tests you know they got to get all of this stuff done before november 8th a lot of them are doing it this month some counties have already held their electronic voting machine tests uh it's actually a public excursion believe it or not it's a public excursion they uh they uh have the public come and view them testing doing their what are they called again accuracy and logic testing or something like that which makes no sense right anyways so we'll talk a little bit about that there were some interesting uh interesting results from the collin county public uh public voting machine event right I mean, they're always open to the public, but I think I think this is the second one we've covered where they have quite a turnout, right? There's like a lot of people showing up to these events and they're like, why are so many people showing up? You know, the first one was Hayes County. We talked about Hayes County because we had patriots in Hayes County who showed up to uh, harangue Secretary of Snakes uh, Scott while he was doing his little... Uh, accuracy and logic testing of the machine. So it's Hayes County. So now we're going to talk about Collin County. They had a record turnout. So that's coming up, right? Uh, but the first thing I actually wanted to talk about with you guys is the uh, Texas Republican Party, the GOP. Now, uh, a lot of question has come out about the GOP, uh, particularly because uh, in the state of Texas, grassroots as it is, during their uh, GOP convention this year, and it's held biannually, if I'm not mistaken, um, there was a lot of uh, seismic type of activity going on, ladies and gentlemen. It was uh, it was quite crazy, guys. Quite crazy. Awesome. What's going on, Jimmy McGill over at Twitch? How's it going? Jimmy McGill says Trump yesterday declared that Obama had taken millions of presidential documents to Chicago. Well, uh, how's it going? It's it's Mr. CTV. Thank you very much. But uh, good to see you, sir. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Actually, we'll probably talk about that tonight on the C report. Sounds like a good topic of conversation. Jimmy, Jimmy McGill says Trump's statement is completely false. I mean, I'm not uh, I'd have to look into that. I know uh, Obama took some. George W. You're talking about George Herbert Walker Bush took millions of doc. Oh, well, you know, it probably wasn't millions of documents. You know what I mean? But I do know that uh, some of these former presidents did take documents. So we'll take a look at that later on, Mr. Jimmy McGill. Thanks for being here and uh, for uh, letting me know about uh, these uh, turn of events from this past weekend. 
We'll definitely see about maybe examining that tonight on the C Report. In the meantime, though, talking about the Texas GOP. Now, a lot of seismic activity took place at this convention uh, this past summer, a few weeks, a few months ago, a couple of months ago, a few months ago, right? Somewhere around there. But, ladies and gentlemen, I think the main question uh, that was coming out of this was... Well, is the Texas GOP, like the establishment GOP, let's not forget, we deal with a lot of rhinocery, treachery, deception, you know, within our own state houses, let alone on Capitol Hill, is the Texas establishment Republican Party, right? And by establishment, we all know what that means, right? We all, career politicians, right? Uh, people who work for themselves, uh, people who are duplicitous, they don't do what they say, and they don't uh, mean what they do. That kind of thing, right? Is the Texas Republican Party going to stand by what its grassroots has demanded? Well, it appears that the Texas GOP is emphasizing its legislative priorities ahead of January. So let's take a look at that, guys, because if you guys recall what the uh, Texas grassroots called for during this convention, we're talking about really secure resolutions for elections, right? Uh, and also a resolution regarding Biden as president. Uh, we're talking about uh, securing our borders, declaring an invasion, all that good stuff. So let's take a look at this brief article. Look at this. Do you think it should be a rhino or do you think it should be an elephant, right? <laughs> I know you conservatives just can't stand it when I ask that question, but nevertheless... Article from uh, the Texas Scorecard says, with the state legislative session convening in just a few months, the Republican Party of Texas is telling Republicans in the state legislature they expect their legislative priorities to come first. That's pretty crazy for me, guys, because I don't know. All those priorities seem to be things that establishment Republicans would just run away from, right? At the Republican Party of Texas convention in June, more than 5,000 delegates, who I might add stood the entire time, they didn't leave early, right? From across the state of Texas gathered to determine the party priorities and platform for the next two years. These eight legislative priorities are meant to serve as directives for lawmakers on what party members would like to see accomplished during the 140-day legislative session beginning in January. The legislative priorities include protecting our elections, banning Democrat chairs, abolishing abortion in Texas, stop sexualizing of Texas kids, banning gender modification of children, securing the border and protecting Texans, parental rights and educational freedom, and defending our gun rights. Now the party is calling on the House Republican Caucus and the Senate Republican Caucus to include the 2022 to 2023 legislative priorities of the Republican Party of Texas as they prepare their respective legislative priorities list. The caucus of Republican lawmakers inside the chamber. The resolution passed by the resolution passed by a vote of 54 to I mean sorry I apologize from 58 to 4 by the state Republican Executive Committee also calls on the caucuses to adopt and publish their priorities ahead of the session. 
that is pretty crazy, right, guys? So are we going to see the Texas GOP uh, live up to their constituents' demands, ladies and gentlemen? The state Republican Executive Committee passed it 58 to 4. State Republican Executive Committee. That just raises all kinds of questions for me. Um, but that's that's great. So they want the caucuses to also adopt and publish. That's kind of like put, turning on the fire on these people, if you think about it, right? I mean, they really are pushing it. So uh, I think that's a great thing, actually, guys. It says, uh, this is from uh, Texas uh, GOP Chairman Matt Rinaldi. He said, this is a very simple resolution that asks the Republican legislators adopt legislative priorities and make those priorities public. Senate Republican Executive Committee members Jim Pickle, Jen Duncan, Fernando Trevino, and Gail Stannart voted against the resolution. Oh, well, that actually answered my question. Jim Pickle, Jen Duncan, Fernando Trevino, and Gail Stannart whomever these people are, the legislative slate, uh, the legislature is slated to convene on January 10th, 2023. I'm like, who are these people? Let's see, who is Fernando Trevino? Well, you know, actually, I was curious about the Texas Republican Executive Committee, period, right? Like, who, who they be? Uh, that's what I want to know. Don't worry, we're getting there. We're getting there, Collin County. Fear not. State Republican Executive Committee, Republican Party of Texas. Oh, yeah, we're looking it up, guys. Texas, it has 64 members, one committee man and one committee woman from each of the... Texas 31 state Senate districts plus one chair and one vice chair. All of the uh, state Republican executive committee members are elected at the uh, RPT convention held in May of presidential election years and June of gubernatorial election years. Interesting. So these people are not necessarily elected officials, but they are selected from Senate districts and elected at Republican Party conventions. Interesting. So this is another sign of your grassroots, ladies and gentlemen. This is another sign of your grassroots. I'm like, who are my Senate district representatives? You know who I'm looking for. Here's Fernando Trevino. And here's Jan Duncan, Senate District 14. So these two are in the same district. We should send them a message. No, just kidding. Okay. I'm curious. So we're just going to do a little bit more digging. I want to know who Senate district they represent. Senator Sarah Eckhart. Tell me more, Senator Sarah Eckhart. She's a Austin, hometown Austin. Okay. <laughs> okay, so these people, they're what? Republicans from Austin? Is that what we're talking about here? Okay. 
That makes sense, right? Okay. Rhinos. Wait, 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 guys. Did I say rhinos? Did I say that this uh, Jan Duncan and this, was it Jan Duncan? Was it Jan Duncan and this Fernando Trevino? Rhinos? Rhinos, ladies and gentlemen, right here in your own um, Republican Executive Committee. Here's the other one, Gail Stanart, District 15. Was Rolando Garcia the other one? Are we calling him out too? And, uh, Jim Pickle. <laughs> Jim, where are you at, Jim? We need to get a visual of you. There's Gail Stanart. She also voted against it. See, and then you got to dig a little bit deeper and find out, oh, well, maybe this uh, woman, this, uh, what was her name again? Gail Stanart, maybe like her husband's involved in like some business or maybe he's a city uh, elected official or something like that. There's always something like that, guys. These people are never, never able to escape, you know, temptation to serve themselves or serve their masters, but never the people. What's up with that? Why don't they ever serve the people? Where is Mr. Pickle? Mr. Pickle, we're trying to get a fix on you, sir. Maybe Mr. Pickle is no more. Oh, here he is, District 8, Jim Pickle. Oh, he looks like a rhino, look at him. Look at Jim. Anyways, okay. Yeah, this is not doxing, this is figuring out who is working within your own political party. Now, like I said, these guys aren't like elected congressmen or senators, but they're working within the Republican Party's executive committee. At least 58 of these mofos voted to have their priorities for the legislative session, public and published. What a resolution, ladies and gentlemen. Good to know, right? Good to know. So you know what? Rest assured, Texas, your Texas GOP, your Republican Party is, looks like they are making uh, making out to uh, follow the constituents priority list. That's great. That's a good, that's a great thing, actually. Now we have to see what uh, some of these uh, Republican rhinos are going to do about it, right? Like, you know, what is Dan Crenshaw going to do about it, right? When they're like, no... Red flag laws, Dan Crenshaw. We know you want red flag laws for guns. Okay. What about uh, elections, Dan Crenshaw? Don't didn't you think that uh, Biden was duly elected in a pig's eye? Right. We're going to talk about Collin County next and the electric voting machines. You know, just in case you're wondering why I'm talking about elections in such a way. Right. So uh, let's do that. Why don't we? Collin County, ladies and gentlemen, as we move along into today's episode of Lone Star News, Collin County held a public voting machine test extravaganza, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this is not, okay, this is not something that's uncommon, okay? I think every election year, every county or just about, or, you know, someone within a county, uh, holds their electronic voting machine testing, you know, rigmarole. I mean, this is what they do. It's always public. And I think just about everyone does it. But 
What is uncommon is for there to be a huge public turnout to find out what the heck is going on with these voting machines and are they really reliable? So as you might guess, ladies and gentlemen, it is at a public event such as this that those county administrators, those county election officials, you know, the individuals who actually touch our ballots and sign off on them, etc. This is a great public relations moment for them if they use it wisely. Now, don't forget, in Hayes County, well, they were met with some opposition. Hayes County, you had some patriots out there who were holding them to task. Well, let's find out how it went down in Collin County. Now, just as a uh, pre-preface uh, to this story, let's not forget Collin County utilizes ES&S voting machines. Now, Texas uses ES&S and Heart InterCivic, depending on what county you're in and sometimes what precinct you're in, you might get something different. But ES&S, let's keep that in mind, guys, as we uh, check out this story. Again, from the Texas Scorecard, a great outlet for Texas news. I recommend them. Collin County engages public in pre-election test of voting systems. I do not work with Texas Scorecard, nor do I get any type of compensation for them, I might add. All right. Okay. So uh, let's see. Uh, their goal is to be uh, uh, transparent and to educate. So who's pictured here? Doesn't say. Undoubtedly, Collin County election administrators and the public engaged. This is what we want to see. This is what we should see, guys. This is how we participate in our uh, type of government. A Texan, As Texans continue to raise concerns about election security, an unprecedented number of citizens attended Friday's public testing of Collin County's voting system equipment. Usually no one comes, said the election administrator, Bruce Sherbert. And I guess that's Bruce Sherbert there. Public testing of voting machines is systems times during each election, twice before the election and once immediately. So there is the answer to that question. Test ballots are voted on the machines. Then the, the voted ballots are tabulated by hand tally and machine count to ensure the results are identical. You know, for some reason, I don't think that that can be trusted. Now, this is just the, the accuracy and logic testing, guys. All right. Now, uh, is that on par with something like, oh, uh, these random um, uh, risk-reducing um, audits that they do, risk-minimizing audits that they do, you know, where they take like ah, 0.1 or 2% of the entire vote of a specific race in a specific county? And then they just make sure the hand count of that sample matches the ballot count. But they don't get a total. They don't get a total ballot count. They don't get a total hand count, electronic or hand count. Just a sample, right? So it, it, to me, this is on par with counting the counterfeit bills, right? And thinking you still got $1,000. That's all this is. They're just uh, running a ballot and then making sure... It comes out accurately in hand and on the other side digitally. Oh, that, that they must be so reliable, these machines, right? The public saw it with their own very eyes. 
From end to end, we verify the accuracy of the voting system, Sherbert told the crowd of about two dozen people, which included representatives of both political parties. Look at that. Voting machines never felt so popular, ladies and gentlemen. Friday's big turnout was by design. Sherbert issued a press release not only encouraging the public to observe the testing as allowed by law, but also invited them to participate in the process by casting test. Our end goal is to give you a hands-on experience of our testing. That's what Sherbert says. Promoting public confidence through transparency has become a top priority of Texas elections officials since 2020. Transparent processes were the primary focus of last year's state election law conference. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do sincerely hope that uh, an article like this would not appease Texas voters, that an article like this would not bait them into submission and into uh, complacency. But more importantly than Texas voters, guys, I would hope that an article like this is not used by our elected officials to say, look, everything is done fair and square. At least it is in Collin County. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Let's hope our Texas legislators don't use an article like this for those purposes. I'll tell you why in just a minute. Texas Secretary of Snakes, John Scott, the state's chief election official, has also emphasized transparency since he was appointed to the office last October in an educational series about election administration called SOS 101. Scott explains how voting systems are selected and secured and shows how the video's public and logic and accuracy testing process works. Uh, I'm gonna pull that for me. With local interest in election security at an all-time high, Sherbert went above and beyond to engage the public. Sherbert said the ultimate goal is education, transparency, and confidence in election processes. Okay, let me put a pause on it right there, and I'm going to check this out. Ooh, it's, it's seven minutes long, guys. You know what that means. We're going uh, to get an educational video from the Texas Secretary of Snakes about how, sex, uh, how voting systems work in Texas. Pardon me. Uh, let's see here. This is actually perfect. So let's take a gander at what Secretary of Snakes John Scott has to say about elections in Texas. Hello, Texans. I'm Texas Secretary of State John Scott. Welcome to the second installment of SOS 101. Today, you'll be learning about voting systems in Texas including why we use them, how they are certified, and how laws and regulations in the state of Texas help ensure that your vote is secure. Let's start with a short history lesson. In 2002, the U.S. Congress passed the Help America Vote Act, known as HAVA, which was a major overhaul in the way our country ran elections for over two centuries. Among other reforms, HAVA created the U.S. Election Assistance Commission, or the EAC. It oversees the certification of voting systems at the federal level. HAVA also provided funding and processes for state and local governments to purchase electronic voting systems, which help improve efficiency and accuracy in elections and allow people with disability 
to privately and independently cast a ballot. Each voting system has to undergo rigorous testing, certification, and recertification by the EAC in order to be legally used in a U.S. election. In Texas, we have even higher standards for our voting systems, which must be certified by our office in conjunction with computer science experts and legal experts system. at the Texas Attorney General's office. All voting systems in Texas have to be certified by our agency in order for your county election office to purchase them and use them in any election. Currently, there are only two voting machine manufacturers that are certified to have their systems used in Texas elections. Hart InterCivic, based in Austin, Texas, and Election Systems and Software, based in Omaha, Nebraska. So if you're voting in Texas, you're voting on a system made by one of these two manufacturers. For a full list of all different types of voting systems that Texas counties may use, visit votetexas.gov. Click on Voting in Person, then select Voting Systems, and you can scroll down to click on the name of each system, learn more about how it works. Here are a couple of key facts that you as a Texas voter should know when it you guys realize, of course, I'm about to bust him wide open, right? <laughs> comes to the security of our voting system. First, voting machines in Texas are never connected to the Internet. In fact, in order to be certified in Texas elections, they cannot even have the capability of connecting to the Internet. This means that no one can simply turn on a Wi-Fi access on a voting machine. It's just not possible. Now. Poll books to check voters in are connected to the internet to make sure that eligible voters only vote once. But remember, they are never connected to any device that you vote on or that tabulates the actual election results. Secondly, only the software that our office certifies can be loaded on voting equipment. As an additional security measure, Texas law requires that the software go through a hash validation process which ensures that the source code of the software was not altered in any way. Third, all voting machines in Texas are tested three times, twice before the machines are used in the election and once immediately after the election. The great thing about this process is that as a member of the public, you can attend the logic and accuracy test that your county election office is required to conduct before each election. Now, Let's visit with one of the 254 county election offices so they can show us how it's done. I'm here with Jennifer Goinoff, the election administrator in Hayes County. Jennifer, what's going on here today? Well, today we're here doing our public logic and accuracy testing. We're required to do this by law before every election where we test the ballots and the tabulators to make sure that the outcome is, is accurate. So Jennifer, walk us through, if you don't mind, what are those steps in the process? So the first thing that we do is we create a test deck of ballots and then we go through and we mark those ballots, keeping in mind the ballot styles, the combination of races and propositions on the ballot. We make sure each entity candidate has at least one vote. We do provisionals, overvotes, undervotes, and then we tally those, we hand tally those so that we know what the expected outcome will be. And then we have a testing board come in and vote those ballots. And once those are voted, they scan those in and then we compare the two with our automatic numbers and our hand tally to make sure that they match. So how do we know that nothing changes on the machines between today and the election day? 
So this is just the first part of the testing. It's the public portion of the testing. We will do this again before we tally votes on election night, and then again after we tabulate the votes uh, right afterwards on election night. So we'll make sure that the system hasn't changed and that everything is still working and functioning as it should. So Jennifer, after this, when are the machines actually deployed to the sites where voters vote on the machines? After we are able to look at the results from the hand counted votes and then the votes from the testing board, once those are exactly match and they ascertain that the votes are correct, then that's when we deploy the equipment out. Once early voting begins in Texas, there are strict requirements and chain of custody protocols that poll workers must follow continuously with each voting machine. Election workers must confirm that there are zero votes cast on each machine before the polls open. Once all the votes are tabulated on election night, each county must complete and post an unofficial reconciliation form that shows the number of ballots cast, how many voters checked in, and how many outstanding ballots could be included in the final count. Within 72 hours of election night, each election office must also conduct a partial manual count to ensure that the votes were tabulated accurately. This is essentially a mini audit of the election, where election officials publicly hand count a small sample of the ballots, typically about 1%, to ensure the hand count matches the machine count. Then, once all the outstanding ballots are counted, the election results undergo the Canvas process, which is a certification of the official election results. After the Canvas, Counties must complete and post another reconciliation form that shows how many voters were checked in, how many mail ballots were received, how many mail ballots were accepted and rejected, and the discrepancies between those numbers. This ensures that there is full transparency about any votes that were added to the final results after the polls close on election night. I hope you've learned a lot about the election system today and understand all the hard work that goes into keeping your vote secure. Tune in for the next episode of SOS 101. SOS 101, my foot. Okay, no, I mean, yeah, he's explaining everything the way it's supposed to be, obviously, guys. Yeah, we didn't even have to finish this article. It explained everything there. I mean, they brought up the key facts about voting on voting machines. They're not connected to the internet. Okay, really? Okay. Only software certified by the Texas Secretary of State can be loaded on voting equipment. Okay, really? All voting machines are required to be tested for logic and accuracy. Okay, so we saw that process. Uh, we saw this. We saw the Hayes County. You guys saw how many people showed up in Hayes County. You had rabble rousers there, right? Anyways. But um, okay, so you're you're accurate. You, you he admitted himself one percent of a specific race in a specific county is what they tabulate. Okay, to make sure that the vote was correct, they don't do um, you know one percent of the entire state or the entire precinct or count county. You know, it's one percent of a specific race in a specific county. You know, and that's your that's your state level check there. And then all of the precincts do what a one percent what review of like electronic and hand count without even counting the whole thing. You know, in Fulton County, Georgia, and in I think Viner County, they had to actually audit the entire 
the entire race, okay? Not just a percentage. They did every single hand ballot and they looked at every single digital ballot and they found a discrepancy by doing that. Not by doing a percentage, okay? By doing the entire thing, all right? That's what needs to be done. Now, as far as uh, blowing up Secretary of Snakes, John Scott, right now, and everything that he just said, we could get them on the hash validation of ESNS alone, guys. Uh, if you guys recall the lawsuit that we went through a few weeks ago, I know it was a 10-week process to get through it. But let's just look at Collin County, you know? and see exactly what was going on here. Now, in addition to all of the machines not being properly certified in Collin County, uh, you also had them using the election voting system software 6.1.1.0, okay? Um, the website for the Texas Secretary of State at that time said the one that was confirmed to be um, certified was 6.0.0.0, okay? And that's just one of it. Bruce Sherbert, you guys might recognize that name, guys. He's the elections administrator. And he confirmed that per election advisory 2016 through 12, all voting systems in use for Texas elections must be federally certified by Texas Secretary of State. Um, and that is in order to execute a contract to sell, lease, or otherwise provide voting systems that has not been approved by the Texas Secretary of State is a class A misdemeanor. But this was all messed up, guys. You know, as we went through the entire process with the Election Assistance Commission, the voting system testing laboratories that were not accredited and yet still certified, which means the certification was false. It was unlawful. OK, that was just one of it. Now, if you want to talk about ESNS specifically and the hash validation, they went through this whole crazy process to get ESNS used in. Uh, counties across Texas, including in Bear County, where I'm located. So here uh, we have this um, general term, Section 7B. Again, this is this is about the ESNS. It says here, um, it is expressly required that the Collin County use ESNS for hash validation testing. Now that's the provision. ESNS installation acceptance testing. Um, all warranties will be void and no, for, no further force or effect would be happening if the customer declines their hash validation. Okay. So there was a lot of stuff going on here, guys, in, um, in, uh, in um, Collin County. Here was another one. Uh, the Dell PowerEdge T430 is listed as a component iDRAC8, which is installed into the election management system. Okay, so this has to do with, uh, now there's your, there's your COT, there's your uh, custom off the shelf, right? Or your off the shelf part. Dell touts the iDRAC as an integrated Dell remote access control. And it is a large, lar it is part of a larger data center solution that helps keep business critical applications and workloads available at all times. It allows administrators to deploy, monitor, manage, configure, update, troubleshoot, and remediate Dell servers from any location and without the use of agents, leveraging the incomparable agent-free capabilities of the embedded integrated Dell remote access controller with lifecycle controller technology, server deployment configuration and updates are streamlined across the open managed portfolio and through integration with third-party management solutions. What does that sound like to you guys? 
Does that sound like if they're still using the same models that these things are connected to the internet? How else do you have a remote management system that's part of a piece that is part of their election software and voting systems, guys? The iDRAC 8 modem creates a serious security breach and violates a multitude of election and penal codes. Now, if I were a citizen of Collin County, I would have taken this legislator, a legislator, I would have taken this lawsuit. I would have taken this information. I would have asked them, do you still have this iDRAC 8 with lifecycle controller and the iDRAC 8 Express and Enterprise as part of this entire election process? Because if you do, it is uh, a modem. It violates election code and penal codes. It, uh, it attaches to the internet. Okay. It says here that uh, ProVNV was the voting system testing laboratory that certified the election voting system software 6.1.1.0. ProVNV is not an accredited laboratory in accordance with the voting system testing laboratory program manual version 2.0 effective May 31st, 2015, page 38, section 3.6.1. You can say all of this stuff to them and see what they say. I, I would not doubt that most of them Well, Mr. Sherbert has been here for a minute. We saw Sherbert in the uh, article we just read, right? But uh, I bet you some of them couldn't even speak to this. Sherbert might be able to. I bet you uh, Scott couldn't speak to this. Okay. Now, just one final blowing up of um, Secretary of Snakes, Scott, right? And the ESNS voting systems, guys. Let's talk about the hash validation, okay? Because this was a big thing, right? And and this was, oh, well, we can trust it because of the hash, val hash validation. Do you remember how this happened with ESNS, guys? It's a crazy story, okay? Let's take a look. It's all here, right? This is the election system and software voting system, one of two voting systems used in the state of Texas. The Election Assistance Commission, the EAC, investigated the ES and S voting systems um, in an article published by whowhatwhy.org on March 8, 2021, containing documents obtained from the SOS that provides a detailed timeline of events leading up to the Secretary of State certifying the ES and S software systems for Texas for use in 2020 elections. 40 days before the 2020 election, the EAC quietly investigated the concerns that the ESNS software installation and validation methods could have left touchscreen voting systems in up to 19 states vulnerable to installation of malicious or otherwise unapproved software. The investigation arose from a discovery by the Texas Secretary of State Voting Machine Examiners that the ESNS had used an uncertified USB stick method to install updates to software for versions of the ExpressVote touchscreen. Softwares installed with this method did not match the software that was certified by the EAC, and they failed hash validation testing. Okay, do you remember? Oops, sorry guys, I froze. I might have frozen. Uh, 
I might not have frozen. Okay, there we go. There we go. All right, so the hash validation, let's talk about that real quick. So hash validation, basically what that says is the EAC certified a software within that voting system, okay? Now, the, uh, EA, the ESNS, the voting system people, they need to do an update to that voting system, okay? So the EAC has to validate that software in the new install, okay? Now, in order for it to do that, there has to be a hash validation, meaning what, however you install that new update, in this case, it's in a thumb drive, the hash algorithm on that software needs to match the hash algorithm in the voting system. So when they connect, you get a green light, bloop, just like you see on the board here. You run through a hash function and you get a match. Now, what was happening in Texas and in 19 other states was that this hash was not validating with that thumbstick update, which means no, no, penal codes, election codes, broken, laws, broken. Now, the reason why we accepted this hash invalidation in the state of Texas is because ESNS got together with the EAC and the unaccredited voting system testing laboratory ProVNV, okay? And they told them, look, the reason why it's not matching the hash is because we added a, an image file, okay? And that image file which cannot corrupt a system is causing the lack of hatch match to occur. So we're expecting it to happen. That's what ESNS told ProVNV. ProVNV told that to the EAC, okay? They said, well, ESNS is expecting there to be a hash mismatch. So that means it's all good. If there's a hash mismatch, then we can validate it because we were expecting it. It's an image file. So we had to take ESNS on their word. It was a big mess, guys. A big mess, okay? It says here, Brian, Brian Meckler, Texas Examiner, states that this left the system vulnerable to an insider threat. September 23rd, 2020, more than a month of inter-office communications and Texas reported the issue uh, to the EAC. The EAC opened its investigation, which also included 18 other states and up to 35 versions of that same voting system. The EAC never reported or referenced publicly the issue nor the investigation. So let's fast forward down here, guys. I mean, I'm telling you, it's crazy. And Texas is like, hey, we can't do this. Hash mismatch due to uncertified installation method. Brian Meckler's Texas Examiner report for ESNS voting systems EVS 6.0.3.0 stated that when the examiners asked to run express vote hash validation process on the system in August of 2020, ESNS, ESNS is closed that it had two methods for that version. Okay. The USB stick method did not match the EAC vert certified software due to what ESNS described as a single benign file called system, system load BMP, thus resulting in a hash mismatch, which is what was reported from this Brian Meckler guy. Brian Meckler further, further reported the fact that the failure occurs on only one file is of no comfort because it still opens a vulnerability to an insider threat. Keith Ingram, the director of elections, sent a letter to ESNS advising that our examiner noted that this issue could create 
a potential security vulnerability as a proper software validation could not occur. More back and forth, right? Can you believe this? All this, and Texas said twice to ESNS, hey, we can't do this, right? So uh, here's where we end up. A draft letter approved by the Secretary of State on September 29, 2020, written by the Executive Director of the EAC, Mona Harrington, suggests that ESNS may have misrepresented what the VSTL, the Voting System Testing Laboratory, knew and said about the issue. It said the ESNS representative performing the installation during the examination used a method that was not tested by the EAC accredited Voting System Testing Laboratory or certified by the EAC to install the software. When questioned by the Texas Secretary of State representatives, the representative claimed that the installation method was reviewed and approved by the lab as part of their certification. Both SLI and ProVND deny that they had reviewed this installation. So ESNS is lying. On September 15, 2020, Christina Atkins, the legal director of the Secretary of State, learned the uncertified installation method had been used in the field after all and sent an email to Parmer of ESNS stating that essentially what you've told us is, is that there are Texas customers who received software upgrades that failed the hash validation process and that you did not inform our office and that this is very concerning and raises doubts about our ability to trust your team and to report and address these issues with us. Parmer tried to sway Atkins that the hash mismatch, hash mismatch did not fail and therefore was never an issue to report. Her reasoning for the mismatch caused by a single benign file was prior knowledge by ESNS for the discrepancy and was expected. She says, the hash validation process did not fail. On the contrary, the software did exactly what we expected it to do when a stick update is used by ExpressVos 1.0 and verified the syslo.bmp file was not present. This was not, this was the expected result and as such is considered a match. There's never been an issue to report and it is disheartening to think your team would doubt the integrity in this, our integrity in this matter. Atkins did not accept this reasoning. She said, the only thing that the jurisdiction has to go on here is your word that this mismatch is expected. They have no way of knowing whether the mismatch occurred because it is the expected mismatch or because the mismatch file was somehow altered or manipulated. The hash verification process does not distinguish between expected mismatches and malicious mismatches. It simply identifies that a mismatch occurred. Regardless of whether ESNS considers this to be a successful hash verification and a successful match, our office does not consider that verification process to be successful under those conditions. Good job, Atkinson. At the end of the day, the unaccredited SLI compliance sent a report to EAC that said ESNS expected the mismatch. So it was approved de minimis. You guys remember that de minimis meaning of no relevance, right? The day before she stated that the labs had approved the de minimis finding and the EAC had concurred and that she would be sending the reports, nothing beyond that. And then they didn't even tell the jurisdictions about everything that was going on. 
but since it was ruled de minimis by EAC, the Texas Secretary of State at the time, it was Ruth. Ruth, what was her last name? Well, she's the only female Texas Secretary of State under Abbott so far. First name, Ruth. Um, anyhow, guys, is she, well, she's listed in this. She is actually a defendant in this lawsuit. So <laughs> let's get her her name. Her name is uh, Ruth. Ruth, where are you, Ruth? Ruth R. Hughes. Why was that so hard to remember? Ruth R. Hughes. She was the Secretary of State working. She was serving in that capacity during the time of this hash mismatch. And she accepted it, guys. So you could take this information to any of your county um, voting machine testing periods and ask them these questions, guys. These are things that no one has addressed. That's why it's in a lawsuit. Yep, yep, yep. That is why it's in a lawsuit. Oh, I had the uh, I had the wrong banner up. My bad. We've already moved on to uh, the Collin County uses of ESNS and voting machines unlawfully. That's what we just went through. All right, guys. Those were the uh, main stories I had to cover with you guys today. We're already basically at the top of the hour, so we'll go ahead and cut today's episode. Oh, uh, what do we have in store for the rest of the episode? We are just going to look at some of the nights, some of the districts that will be uh, voting. You know, uh, we got 2022 midterms coming up, guys. Don't forget, November 8th, we don't vote early here at Mr. CTV. Okay. Uh, I wanted to go through some of the district reps. I know I said we weren't going to, but we're just going to get like, you know, a visual on some of these, right? Like, uh, oh, we're also going to look at the, the congressional maps. Maybe we can do that on Wednesday. For those of you who uh, are still um, figuring out who you might be voting for, these are the U.S. district for Texas, right? So these are our federal districts right here, guys, that we're looking at. Okay. I was going to go through like districts one through uh, seven or eight. It says Gomer still in one. It says Nathaniel Moran, according to my calculations, still in one. Dan Crenshaw, your rhino, right? Uh, this is Keith Self. Mm -hmm. He's a choice to vote for. Oh, it's right. Gomart's not running again. I forgot. That's why. Gomart is currently district one rep, but uh, Nathaniel Moran is the uh, man that is representing the uh, Republican Party. And you also have a Democrat, I think a Libertarian in that race also. Uh, Dan Crenshaw's two, Keith Self's three. Uh, who's this fellow? Uh, this is, um, what is your name again, man? This is District 4, right? Pat Fallon. So uh, that's Pat Fallon. Uh, Keith Lawrence, I think is his name. This District 5 guy, he's one to watch. Uh, he, um, he, from what I, I think he's a freshman. Um, and he is also uh, totally on board with the um, GOP priorities for next year. Lance Gooden, that's his name. He's incumbent. So he'll be going into his sophomore Right. And then you have, um, of course, a Democrat and a Libertarian in that race as well. I would say watch him because he's 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 going on to his sophomore year. That's good. Sophomore uh, term. Excuse me. 
This is uh, Jake Elzey. Uh, President Trump endorsed him, helped him win a special election, if you guys recall. This is District 6. Anyhow, guys, so I was just going to I was just going to put some names and faces together for you guys out there and then also kind of field what district you guys might be in to see if there's any interest in talking about it. But uh, we'll get to that maybe Wednesday if uh, other new stories don't present themselves prior to that. But uh, thanks for being here today, guys, for um, afternoon news, Texas current events and uh, headlines. Uh, we'll be back a little later today, 7.30 p.m. Central Time for the C Report. I am your host, Mr. C. It's been a wonderful afternoon. You guys go get yourself a nice dinner and we'll talk to you later. Take care till next time. Ta-ta. talk about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're going to die on this hill. We're going to be gay and we're going to rape our children no matter what you say because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what the heck is this bald band talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you've got your C report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do see in the dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. We got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. Woo! <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com. That's www.thecreport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pill.net.